Yeah, I like what Kevin said, how it's about leaning on the Lord actively. It's about walking in faith actively. Um, but I want to pray real quick because I felt the Lord told me. So, Father, I come right now in the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command every spirit of suicide, every spirit of depression, anxiety, every spirit of autism, every spirit of delay, every spirit of confusion, every spirit of strife and envy must go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of jealousy, every spirit of, of just unforgiveness, I command you to leave the people of God now in Jesus' name. I take dominion and authority as an ambassador to the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I plead the blood of Jesus upon the people that are in this room and listening outside and on social media. I thank you, Father, for the anointing. I thank you for the word that will be spoken right now. Holy Spirit, I commit myself to you. I thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Lord of God, Lord of God. I just, uh, I love what Kevin said at the very end. He was talking about... You will never find God if you don't search for him. God doesn't have to appear to any, any of us. He's an almighty God. He already has everything. Right? He doesn't need us. But he chooses to work with us. Because he loves us. And we're his creation. Do you remember what happened in the beginning? With Noah and the flood? He said, I'm going to be done with these people. I'm done. They rebel. They don't listen. They're full of envy. They're full of bitter rage. They're full of malice. There's no changing them. But there was eight that were righteous before the Lord. That was Noah and his family. Do you understand everyone got left behind? Everyone drowned in the flood. Only eight survived. Do you see these people here? They don't know God. They're going to turn up right now on a Sunday fun day. But guess what? We're going to turn up for the house of the Lord. So hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Come on. If they can be loud praising their players on football and all this stuff, why we can't praise the almighty king of kings and the Lord of lords? I'm tired of the, I'm tired of a quiet church. I'm tired of like, oh, we just... We just have to stick to ourselves, and we're not going to express how we feel, and we're not going to express how our faith is. What, what are you guys hiding from? You guys can talk about all this other stuff with confidence. Why can't you have confidence in the Lord? I can tell you why, because you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you would be confident in who he really is. See, it says in the word of God, it says... Whoever consistently seeks the Lord, consistently, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You must know who he is. The thing is, he's not here to play games with you, okay? God doesn't owe you anything, but God gave you everything by sending his son, Jesus. Because he paid the sacrifice that we deserved upon that cross, okay? See, the world doesn't know Jesus. They need to, because then they'll go to hell if they don't repent. And I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of not sharing that with people, because guess what? There's no fear of the Lord anymore. There's no urgency to get right with Jesus. If Jesus came today, are you going to go with us? Are you going to stay here? Because if you stay here, it's going to be hell on earth. Literally hell on earth. 
where it's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want people to hear the word today. Because guess what? I didn't come here and wake up and prepare this message and spend time with the Lord all throughout the week to go on deaf ears. I don't care if I don't see a million people here. Whoever is here right now is hungry to hear from God. And if God had to drag you in here, well, thank God he did. Okay? Because I don't want you to perish in your iniquity. Glory to God. Come on. And this is, this is off topic, what I'm saying. This is, this is the Holy Spirit. And the thing is, if you don't let Holy Spirit speak through you, you won't have the power of God to influence others. You won't. It will be empty words. It will just be like, hey, you know what? I, that, that was cool what you said, but I'm, I'm okay. Do you understand that people are depending on you to demonstrate the power of God? Because if you don't, their lives don't change. They don't know better. Do you, do you know what it says in the word of God? It says, my children perish because of a lack of knowledge. They don't have wisdom. They don't have understanding. They don't have discernment. And see, when you're in the presence of God, demons, they, they start to shake. They start to get uneasy. They don't like what you're saying. Because I speak as the oracles of God. I speak as an ambassador to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to give you the raw message of the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's go to Philippians chapter 2. <clears throat> the title for today is The Power of Humility. So if you're taking notes, please do. If you're recording, we're recording right now so you guys can listen later. But I'm telling you, this word is active for today. Can anyone tell me what humility means? Anybody? We don't really use that word nowadays. What is humility? Hey, not to be proud. Anybody else? Be humble. Be humble, okay. Go ahead. To be vulnerable. Okay, to be vulnerable? Yeah. Give him glory in the midst of your problem? Yep. Okay, okay. Humility is Christ-likeness. Humility is Christ-likeness. If you see humble... Equals Jesus. Jesus could have been all prideful. Do you understand that? Jesus could have been so proud. He said, I know. I made these people before I died for them. They don't deserve me. They don't deserve me. You can go to hell. Do you understand that he left his glory and his dominion of his kingdom that has everything to die for us? Sinners that spit on him? Ripped his beard, left him naked, whipped him all the way to death. You see, Passion of the Christ? That was maybe one-fourth of what he went through. One-fourth. They showed him naked on the cross. That's what it says in the word. He was naked. They humiliated him. And you can't praise him for three minutes. Who do you serve? Do you serve yourself? Would you serve the Holy One of Israel? Jesus. Oh, man, I, I, I had not, Lord, you had me say something, some harsh stuff. But the thing is, we need to hear it, though. We're not hearing it in the church. I'm going to be like, hey, you come to church, you'll get blessed. I didn't say that. 
privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Do you understand one day we'll get persecuted for this? They'll shut down businesses. They'll shut down whatever you got a hold of because they're scared of COVID spreading or they're scared of Christians expressing their faith because guess what? Real, the real Christians need to stand up. Can the please, can the real Christians stand up? Right? <laughs> humility is human perspectives on humility distort the idea. Often humbling people by loveless actions that rob them of dignity and nobility. But Christ-like humanity or humility is manifested in the freedom of God's Son to affirm the fullness of all God has placed in Him without needing to flaunt, to prove, or to push it through self-advancement. Jesus' complete absence of any need to clutch for power or attention is manifest humility. Did you hear that? The Lord was telling me, he says, Christian, are you going to preach if there's only five people here? Are you worried about clout? you worried about power? you worried about the money coming through? Or are you going to preach the message of the gospel to the people that are wanting to hear from the Lord today? Do you understand Jesus could have had 72,000 angels rescue him off the cross and kill everybody? Do you understand one angel killed 165,000 Syrians? One night. Matthew said two thousand? Probably that. But Jesus said, No. I'm gonna do it for them. That's humility. Not a false humility. The real pure humility of God. And this is what it says in Philippians chapter two, verse one, in the New King James Version. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection of mercy, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. So you got to think, Paul is telling us to be in likeness with Christ. Christ likeness. Everyone wants Christ consciousness, like New Age? No, we have the mind of Christ. And this is what it says right here. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in loneliness in mind, let each esteem others better than himself. So you're supposed to see people better than you. You're supposed to exalt people before you exalt yourself. That's, that's, that's true humility. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Do you understand I don't get paid to do this? I don't get paid to rent this place out. I still work a secular job 40 hours a week, but I do it unto the Lord. I do it not for my interest, because my interest is to stay at home. But my burning passion is to change the atmosphere of Arizona for the glory of God. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to be looked at by men and women. I can care less. I want them to hear the message that will change the world. And that's Jesus. That's what it says right here, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I pray every day, God, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I don't have the mind of Christian. 
I don't have the mind of Albert Einstein. I don't have the mind of Elon Musk. I have the mind of Christ. I have been given an anointing from the Holy One, and I know all things to come. Do you understand when you have the mind of Christ, you can do anything. You know, people are like, oh, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. No, 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 that's not true. If I want to be an astronaut right now, I cannot do it. But I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? That's the difference. So I'm not trying to give you a false hope. I'm trying to give you the real passion of God. You have the mind of Christ. <clears throat> Verse 6. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery, but equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Do you know what that means? Jesus did not consider it robbery that he was equal to God. But he came with no reputation. He came in the likeness of us as a bond servant. Do you understand? That's, that's like worse than a slave. He came lower than that. For us. Glory to God. Verse 7. Oh, excuse me. Verse 8. And being that found as an appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Can someone bring this cross up to me? Please. Just hold it right here. Do you see this cross? You guys see it? Do you know how regular crosses weigh up to 165 pounds? Heavy. Solid wood. Jesus came in the flesh and put himself on the cross for you. If you want the power of God, who wants the power of God? Who wants the power of God? Okay, you know how you get it? Humble yourself. Plus obedience will receive the power of God. I know you guys see me. Come on. This is the cross. This is Jesus, what he paid for. This is not just to put it on a necklace. This is not just for props. I want you to see what he went through. Because guess what? He says, anyone who desires to follow me must pick up his cross. Must pick up his cross to follow me. <laughs> Do you understand? You have to be nailed to the cross to walk with him. Your flesh has to die on the cross. And you carry this everywhere you go. Spiritually, not physically. But carry it every day. Because Jesus paid it all. Thank you, brother.
the joy set before him to go to the cross. Because he knew once he died and the resurrection of Christ came back to life, everything would come through redemption of his blood. And remember he said, like he picked up his cross and he says, I make all things new. I restore all things. And he touched his mother Mary and then he walked. We have no idea. God help him understand. Verse 9. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Those in heaven, those on earth and under the earth, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you see these people? They don't know God, but guess what? One day they'll have to bow their knee before Jesus. You're either going to do it now willingly or you're going to be submitted to do it. Do you understand? He ain't playing. And he keeps showing me stuff that he's going to bring judgment upon the land. I keep getting dreams. I keep getting visions. I keep seeing this in the spirit because I know it's coming. It's coming heavy. If I can tell you the dream that I had just a day ago, it would freak you out. The, the Lord told me, uh, okay, I'll, I'll release it. <sighs> so it happened, uh, it happened February 2nd. We were, Kevin was there, Grandpa was there. I think Benjamin was there too. And we were packing because we had to leave this area that we were at. And it was time urgency. They gave us no, they gave us no um, notice. We had to hurry up and get out of this place. And I told Kevin, I said, help me move this like dresser. I told Kevin, hold it tight because I pulled all this laundry and you're going to mess it all up. So Kevin's like, whatever. I forgive you. <laughs> but anyways, then I was translating. I was standing, and I had a silver staff in my hand. And I was overlooking a metropolitan area, almost looked like the city of San Francisco. And I remember, I raised that silver staff in the air. And I started to pray. And all of a sudden, this portal opens up in heaven. Black, right? <clears throat> but fire. A ring of fire on this portal. I don't want to share this because this is what's going to happen. So all of a sudden, I see a huge eye come out of this portal. And then another eye was beside it, and there was rings, rings of glory. And the light was so glorious, you couldn't even see it. was like a thousand suns. And then, and then I get to see this eye coming out of this portal. And all of a sudden, there was multiple eyes within the skies 
of this first heaven. And then I could hear my wife calling me. But she was actually waking me up and I was still holding on to the dream because I'm like, I need to see this. I need to see this. And that instant, the Holy Spirit woke me up out of the dream and said, that is God's eye of judgment upon the earth. Warn them. That's what it looked like. Not the best drawer. That's what it looked like. It was the biggest eye. It was bigger than the moon. It was bigger than the sun. And I knew it was the eye of God upon judgment. Once you build this relationship with Jesus, do you understand? This is a, I won't go there. Okay, that'll be a different teaching. <clears throat> we just don't understand how much authority and dominion we really have. God will actually show it to you and give it to you. But I'll have to release it in due time. I just can't do it right now. So let's go back to Philippians chapter 2, verse, uh, <clears throat> verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean? Work out your salvation. What does that mean? Does it say in the word of God that faith without works is dead? People just think you just say one prayer to go to heaven and that's it. That's all you got to do. I wish it was that simple because then I would live for the world. Do you understand? Jesus requires you to work out your salvation. It's not a works mentality, but it's you living righteously before a holy God. It's you being obedient to what he asks you to do. It's being humble enough to be like, God, I'm not going to do my will, but your will be done. Does that make sense? Okay. Right here. Verse 15. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You're saying God brought you here today? Not your mom, not your grandparents, not your scooter, not your car, not your truck. The Lord brought you here to do for his will and his good pleasure within you. What does that mean? God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. God doesn't just want you to sit on the sidelines. He wants you to get in the field. Remember, it says, pray to the Lord of Sabbath. The harvest is plentiful, but the co-laborers are few. We need more laborers to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. That's why there's we went out here and we passed out flyers. And the, and the Lord said, you need to evangelize more. Because they don't know. They don't know God. And I'll tell you why they don't Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'll just read this and I'm going to keep going. All right, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless, harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have run, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Simple. Stop complaining that you're doing the work of the Lord. Stop complaining when God asks you to do something and you don't do it. Just do it. Because when you do that, without complaining, without disputing, you become blameless, you become harmless, and children of God to the light, and you'll be a light to the world, and you'll have the word of life within you. That's why people don't understand the church. Because <laughs> they don't go out there and do it. 
They just go and attend. They never become the church. Right? Ooh, that's good, Lord. It's like, you know when someone has like an amputee? Like, you know, legs cut off, arms cut off? Well, they're given a prosthetic arm. So you look like an arm, but you don't really function like a true arm or a true leg. And Jesus doesn't, his mind doesn't go into amputee legs. The true mind goes into his members, his body. Do you understand? I'm talking spiritual. I'm not talking about if you actually have a leg or arm cut off. I'm showing that when you're connected to Jesus, his veins, his blood flows in you. You're connected to the source that helps you to walk out your salvation with your children. You can't walk this Christian life without Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you that right now. Have you ever given your life to Christ? You, you, you can't even go anymore with God. That's it. As far as you can go until you surrender, until you humble yourself. And then when you do that, you will run your race not in vain. Do you understand? That is one of my prayers. God, help me not to open this church in vain. God, help me to preach not in vain. God, help me to run my race not in vain. Because if it is in vain, then it's all for nothing. Then I sacrifice my whole life for nothing. Who wants that? No one. Don't you don't want to sit here and be like, okay, yeah, God, I came to church, uh, you know, 75 years in a row, and He said, depart from me, worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Do you hear what I just said? He says, I don't know you. You come to church, but I don't know you. You're not surrendered to me. You don't humble yourself before me. I know I'm preaching a convicting word, but it needs to be spoken. Okay? Yes, Jesus loves you. Of course. But he'll also be the one that throws you into hell, too. And why I say that is people are like, well, you know, God doesn't throw anyone to hell. Well, technically he does. Because that's what it says in his word. He never says, fear the one. Fear the one that does not only kill the body. But sends the soul to hell. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh my God. But guess what? If you're feeling some conviction in your heart, that's a good thing. That means that Holy Spirit's trying to soften you to hear the message of God today. Verse 17. Okay, we're going to have a little bit of time. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Do you understand? Paul killed Christians. So if you think you're far from God, he was farther. He encouraged Christians. He thought he was serving God by doing that. But he realized he was serving religion, not relationship with Jesus. And then when he gave his life to Jesus, he got persecuted more than anybody. He got stoned twice, almost to death. He was in a shipwreck five times. He's been ran out of the city, imprisoned many times. So don't think that you're too far away from the Lord to not use you today. Who will you serve today? Jesus or the world? Hallelujah. I'm almost done, guys. Almost done. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. Let's go real quick. James chapter 4. It's in the back. If y'all don't know, now you know. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. This is why you don't have a relationship with Jesus. This is why you choose your idols before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is it right here. Listen. 
Yeah, the ears can listen. To he who gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So why you have not experienced the Lord? Because you're too prideful. You don't need God. I got it. I got my own bills. I got my own car. I got my own money. But guess what? You can't take it with you. And you'll be naked and afraid before a holy God. You better be, you better make sure you're washed by the love of Jesus. Because <laughs> guess what? You can't hide from an all-seeing God. That all-seeing God, he sees it all. It's huge. I can't tell you how big it was. It was like massive. And it was glorious. And I was trembling for that metropolitan area as he was casting his judgment upon it. <clears throat> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Guess why the devil's been attacking you? You don't submit to God. Period. Verse 8, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Do you know what James is saying? This is James. Do you know who James is? Does anyone know who James is? He's the brother of Jesus. Do you know what like, nah, it's kind of the Lord is my brother. And he's telling you why you think you haven't been with God. It's because you don't draw near to God. It doesn't say God draws near to you and then you come to him. It says you have to draw near to God. Do you understand when I was about to commit suicide, drunk and wasted around this corner? Then I finally came to God. I went to church but I was smoking, doing cocaine, sleeping with girls, drinking. He didn't know me. If I wanted to kill myself, I knew I would want to. Even though I prayed, I read my Bible, and I went to church. <laughs> you know why I have to say it? Because no one's told me. Now, my hands will be innocent before my God. Because it says if you don't warn the people, their blood will be upon your hands. If you know the truth, you don't tell them, that blood's going to be on your hands. And you're like, Christian, why are you talking to this way? Christian, what, why are you giving your opinion? I, I have not given my opinion that one time except my dream and my testimony. Everything else has been the word of God. So bring it before him. Yeah, that's powerful. All right. <clears throat> Last verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. This is a good word. You're not going to hear that. Oh, I almost said something. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 6. I'm about to call out other people. I'm like, Lord, shut them out. <laughs> I've got to pray for our brothers and sisters that don't preach the full gospel. Let's do that. How about that? There you go. That's it. That's good. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 6. I pray this every day. Right here. <clears throat> Likewise, you younger people. Do you hear that? Not the old folks. Not your grandma, not your your aunt, your aunt, you know, your uncle. It says you young people submit yourself to your elders 
That means people that are more mature than you, they have more wisdom than you. So don't think you know it all. Glory to God. All right, right here. Yes, all you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? Humility. Humility. Then right here, it says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Did you see how that verse right there was also in James? That means it's important if God is repeating himself. Verse 6, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Did you hear that? Humble yourself before a mighty hand of God. He will exalt you. Because it says in the word of God, whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. And whoever exalts themselves will be humbled. That's not a quote that I found on Pinterest. That is the word of God. Okay? That's not something from an IG influencer. That's the word from Holy Jehovah. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced to your brotherhood in the world. That means the same people that are going through stuff in Pakistan, or Iraq, or North Korea, all your brothers and sisters in Christ are going through the same thing. So don't think that you're the only one going through it. I've had to humble myself and know that. Like, God, why is this only happen to me? He's like, you don't even know, dude. Okay, sorry, Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I've learned. I've grown. And I'm here to teach and help you guys grow, too. So that's all I have for you guys today. We're all going to I know we're going to leave here in 30 minutes. But I still want to pray for people that want prayer. And I still want to offer that message of salvation. It's not the prayer that gets you to heaven. It's the prayer of faith that gets you into heaven. It's the one where you truly surrender, you truly commit your life to Christ, you truly humble yourself, you're truly drawing near to God, then he saves you. You can't come to God proudly. He kicked Satan out of heaven because he was prideful. Do you understand pride will send you to hell? That your, your own flesh will send you to hell. Not always the devil, your flesh. But guess what? Your flesh, it doesn't care if you go to heaven or hell. Because you know why? It goes back to the earth. Because you've been given a glorified body with Christ. Right? You're either going to be with Christ or you're going to be away from God. So what do you choose today? If anyone wants to rededicate their life, if anyone wants to give their life to Jesus, I want them to come up front here right now. Don't be too prideful. Don't be embarrassed. You know, it's it was not funny, but I was praying up a storm before I came here. And the mind said, like, you're not even my dad, but I'm embarrassed. And I said, guess what? I said, when you're in trouble, you're going to ask me to pray for you. So I don't care if you're embarrassed. And I'm glad that she was embarrassed because that means that I was preaching something like, oh, God bless me, heal me, thank you for everything. She's like, oh, that's cute, that's sweet. There's no power in that. That's cute when you're like, bye, but you need to grow up in your prayer life. You need to shake heaven when you pray. You need to have the earth be uh, submissive to what you're telling it to do. 
Do you know that? Do you know that we've been given power over the earth? We've been given power even in heaven. Because it says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. That means you have power. That means you have authority. Right? Alright. If anyone's online that wants to give their life to Jesus, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the prayer of faith that saves you. So if you say it with a surrendered heart, you say it humble before your God. If you draw near to me like, God, I really need you. I'm so tired of doing it my way. And if you're feeling hesitant in your spirit not to do it, it's because there's a demon whispering in your telling you not to do it. <laughs> you don't think I know? Casting out thousands of demons. They all do the same thing. Eh, I hate you. I want to kill you. Okay, cool. Join the club. But get in line. But the thing is right now, God's going to save people today. So Father, I just come before you and I thank you for your word. That your word does not go out and void, but it goes out to do your will and your good pleasure. So whoever's listening to the sound of my voice right now, repeat after me. Father, I come before you and I ask you to have mercy on me. I humble myself before you. I surrender my will for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for me and for all my sins. Past, present, and future. I also believe with my whole heart that Jesus rose again and that he is Lord of all and seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, save me. Use my life for your glory and fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, that's all I have for you guys. Glory to God. Anybody's prayer for anything online or any prayer? Oh, yeah, we need to do communion real quick. I would encourage you to do communion, but if you're not right with Jesus, don't do it. Because you damn yourself in the flesh. Right? What's that verse, Benjamin? About if you do communion, uh, you gotta do communion in faith. So if you feel like you're not right with Jesus, don't do communion. It'll be worse for you. I'll give, I'll give the scripture for it. You want it? Yeah. Okay. I haven't done communion in a, in a long time. No, if you give your life to Christ and, and, you, and you're walking right with God, do communion. If you're if you're working, yeah. If you're if you're not, it's what it says. Okay. So if I'm working, but I'm but I'm not like. You're never gonna be perfect. I was asking I'm still doing. No, 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 no. I'm still losing my temper sometimes. No, I'm talking about if you haven't fully surrendered to Jesus. I'm not telling if you're working progress, if you're under construction, that's fine. That's called nothing but sanctification. 
I don't expect a one-month-old baby to be fully grown. Right? That's how, that's how we see it. But hold on. Don't drink yet. Okay, just hold on. I'm going to look for that scripture real quick. Can someone look at that scripture? Because I have this recording right now. It's called, it's, it talks about do not do communion if you're walking in rebellion towards God. Because, see, we do communion because we just think it's a traditional thing to do. No, this is only for disciples. These are only for people that follow Jesus. If you don't follow Jesus, don't do it. Don't just do it because people tell you to do it. <clears throat> I want Benjamin to give that testimony. I don't know if he wants to. <laughs> that one where you did communion and you knew, you knew not to do it, and what happened to you? You want to share that or not? <laughs> I know that's I know that's personal, but it's so powerful when you share it. Can someone look that up? Talks about not doing it, not doing communion in a holy way. Yeah, someone, please come on. Just tell me what verse it is. I'll pull it up. I just don't know by heart, but I know it's in the Word. Micah seven, verse eight. Micah seven. Oh, it's in the New Testament. New Testament. It just talks about. Oh, this might be it. Is it First Corinthians? Wow, God took me here. I just opened it, and it's right here. It says the institution of the Lord's Supper. Was it verse twenty-one? It starts there, or verse twenty? Right here. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating. Excuse me. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry and the other is drunk. What do you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church or God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup of supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Keep going. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Right here. Examine yourself. Verse 27, therefore, who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? I used to do communion wrong. I was sleeping with girls and I'd do communion on Sunday. I was doing cocaine all night and then go do communion on Sunday. I was being binge, wasted, drunk, hungover, going to communion. Because no one preached to me what this word says. Yes. Can I just say something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, let me, let me say this one last verse and then you can go, Benjamin. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself. Let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks it in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Do not discern the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if he who judges ourselves, would we not be judged? 
But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Did you hear that? Therefore, brethren, when you come together, eat and wait for one another. So if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. Lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. So what it's saying is, when you do it unworthily, you put judgment upon yourself. Come on. <laughs> come on. So what I want to say is, if you were convicted of sin today, and you say to yourself, I want to be right with God, but you are not going to repent, as in That's good. stop doing that sin, turn, turning away from that sin, after you take communion, you're giving Satan a legal right to torment your body because you know you're in sin. See how powerful? They don't preach you this at the Catholic Church. They don't preach you this in the Mormon Church. They don't even preach it in the Apostolic Church. Do you understand why we have to be ready in season and out of season? This is why we need to fast in ourselves with the Lord. Because I was doing this completely wrong. I just did it out of tradition. I did it because, well, this is supposed to symbolize Jesus' blood and, and body. Can someone give me a community announcement, please? I want to do this with you guys. Glory to God. So repent of your sins. We've all sinned. And that's why we have a savior that saves. Thank you. Almost called him a friar. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a monastery monks, right? Oh, chair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, let's do this, okay? Does everyone have a communion element in their hand? That wants to do it. That wants to do it right with Jesus. You can do it, but you gotta repair. That's all I gotta say. If you want to give your life to the Lord, we're all here for you. We've all we're all sinners, but now we're saints. Glory to God. But we don't pray to saints. We pray to Jesus. Amen. Our author and finisher of our faith. So Father, we thank you for this bread of life. This represents your body that was broken. We thank you that you're the precious Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the world. And if anyone that's participating online, Father, they would sense the Holy Ghost come upon them. It says, do this in remembrance of me, as frequently as you ought to. For these are the disciples of Jesus. Eat and partake. Eat the bread. I thank you, Lord, for your blood and your bread and your body and your sin. Partake this juice that represents the blood of Jesus. This represents the new covenant between man and God. This is what washes your sins away. Not this actual juice, but the actual blood of Jesus. Jesus was kicked out of the synagogue because he told people to eat of his flesh and to drink of his blood. They thought he was promoting cannibalism, but really he was promoting that he is the resurrection of the life. He is the ultimate sacrifice. And you cannot be sanctified without him. Or holy. Or go to heaven without him. So drink and partake. Thank you, Lord. And Father, the people that didn't do it, ask you to protect their hearts. Help them to come right with you, Jesus. Because, you know what? We've all messed up. I've messed up. <laughs> 
thousand plus one. But thank God for his mercy. Thank God that he redeemed me. Thank God that he set me free. And he can do the same for you. So, Father, we just thank you for everyone that came today. We thank you for the congregation. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, who is it? Alice, our Alice or different Alice? Okay, our Alice. Well, right now, Alice, I come. Can you hold this real quick? <clears throat> I come right now. I got that healing oil. What does it say in James chapter five? It says, "Call upon the elders of the church, that they may pray for you and anoint you with oil." And Sorry, that's it's Adriana. Okay, Adriana. Okay. And that, um, that says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So I come right now in the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command, yeah, see, I can't. You gotta, you gotta forgive. You have to stop walking on offense. Can't pray for you unless you do that right now. If you guys want prayer from the Lord, he's not going to go against his own word. Okay? He's not going to go against his own word. Thank you. He's not going to go against his own word. It says, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive you. you got to stop playing games with the Lord, guys. We really have to stop. He's not, he's, he does not play games. If you know him, he doesn't play games. She willing to make that right? All right, Father, you heard her. I ask you that you would heal that shoulder. I bind every disease, every sickness, every ligament, every muscle, every tendon to be made whole. That she would have full mobility. That she would have full strength within her shoulder. That she would feel the heat of the Holy Ghost transfer right now. It doesn't matter about time or space. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and there's freedom. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do what you do best to glorify the Son. I release that prayer of faith in Jesus' name. That is your Lord to you give me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to check it. Anybody else need prayer here? Because we're about to shut it down. So. Okay. Come here. Come on, please. We've got to be out of here in 15 minutes. So. But guess what? Holy Spirit knows you'll help us. So. Twice. Yep. 
What you want? Everything. Okay. okay. No, I Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus.